You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Yelton, we have a podcast. Diving, diving deep. deep. Diving deep into all things Texas. Both on and off the field. Here's Sean Pendergast and Pro Football Hall of Famer, the General, Sean McClain. Welcome. Welcome. So you Hey, everybody. Welcome in the Utopia football podcast slash baseball podcast this time of year because the Astros are in the World Series and they won on Saturday night. The Texans, I don't know, they're in the NFL and they lost on Sunday badly. It looked it, it looked better on the scoreboard than it did to uh, to our human eyes. That was one of the most embarrassing performances that I think I've ever seen from the Houston Texans against the Tennessee Titans. 17 to 10, the final score. It was not that close on the field as we welcome you in. My name is Sean Pendergast, one half of Payne and Pendergast on Sports Radio 610. And of course, I am joined, as always, by the Hall of Famer, John McClain, who is our senior Texans columnist at SportsRadio610.com and GallerySports.com as well. Uh, This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. John, how many pathetics did you use? Did you live tweet the game today? Were you on Twitter at all? I was on Twitter all day, and I, I looked. I used but several pathetics, wretched, rotten, dreadful, uh, miserable. I need to come up with some new terms because, you know, at a time when the Astros are inspiring the fans in a city, the Texans embarrass themselves, the city, the fans, everybody. I called it one of the worst performances in the history of pro football in Houston. And I've seen a lot of them. Yeah. I, yeah. And John, I think the biggest thing to me is it was just, it was emasculating and boring. Like defensively, they got shoved around like pop Warner, like, you know, like a pop Warner team. And offensively it was just boring all day. There was nothing exciting about this game. There was nothing inspiring about this game. I've watched games where the Texans have lost 41 to seven and they've, there's actually been more juice to the game 
than there was today. This was just a complete air out of the building performance. It was horrible. And of course, the big story was, well, really twofold. One, Derrick Henry running for over 200 yards and two touchdowns again. And two, the Texans unable to unable to take advantage of the fact that for the umpteenth time this season, the football gods have gifted them an inactive that should help them, that should help skew the the you know the possession arrow to them with Ryan Tannehill on the bench and Malik Willis, who looked completely overwhelmed when he was asked to do anything beyond hand the ball to Derrick Henry. And the Texans still, to me, they lost this game 17 to 3. I don't give a rat's ass about the last touchdown they scored. This was a 17 to 3 game to me. Um, and it was just, it was embarrassing, John. And we're going to talk, we'll do our four stock up and four stock down in a minute. But do you, are we on the verge of there being any sort of change with Pep Hamilton or Davis? No, no, they're not going to fire Lovey midseason or anything like that. But John, this was one of those performances where you really have to ask yourself, like, okay, what are we doing here? You know? I thought Mills should have been benched. Yeah. And I said that he and Hamilton should both be benched because the offense was pathetic. Yeah. And uh, the Titans have won five games in a row. They're five and two. They had a great game plan that everybody knew exactly what it was, and they were hopeless. They were helpless. And Lovey mentioned about them being shorthanded. Well, you know what? The Titans didn't have Ryan Tannehill, their left tackle, Taylor Lewan, their best pass rusher, Harold Landry, wide receiver, A.J. Brown, who the Texans will see Thursday night, who had three touchdown catches for the Eagles today. And so there were no excuses. And Dontrell Hilliard, who the yeah. Texans had and didn't keep, averaged 10 yards a catch against him. So it's just amazing. And there's nothing – they can do about it. no and you, run defense. Yeah, you you have no. I, I heard Lovey too in his press conference, Sean. You, you as a coach, if the other team doesn't have their starting quarterback and they're replacing him with a rookie making his first start, you are you are not allowed to mention being shorthanded. Like that should be the rules. Like you, if you mention being shorthanded and the other team didn't have their starting quarterback and had to start a rookie doing his first start, Lovey Smith should be fined. That's my rules. If I were commissioner, I would fine any coach who complained about being shorthanded when the other team didn't have their starting quarterback. Willis threw one pass in the second half. One. He was six of 10 overall. We all knew what they were going to do. And the front seven, they just continue to get crushed. Christian Harris, he fits right in. He's made bad plays in his two games, but at least, you know, at least he has an excuse of missing a lot of time because of an injury, but unless the league lets them play 13 or 14 players on defense, they're going to continue to get steamrolled. Yep. The Eagles led the NFL in rushing last year. Jalen Hurts is coming home after a four touchdown performance. There's no, they may put 50 on them, but it's good because it puts them one step closer to the first pick. The, the Lions still have it by half game, but it's clear. The Texans are worse than the Lions. The Lions score points. They look good on offense or defense. is terrible. But the Texans are the worst team in the league. They're worse than they were last year. I'm stunned at how bad Davis Mills is. I wanted to start my lead on my column for um, Gallery Sports. Say, Tim Kelly, please come home. That's where we are. We want Tim Kelly back. <laughs> That's you know those last five games last year. Davis no, Mills looked good. He was. He was. John. No, I know. I know. I know. This and and I'm, I was in the post game show today. 
um, when we were listening to Lovey Smith's press conference, I went and looked it up. The next 10 opponents, they have 10 games left. Uh, can you believe there's 10 of these left John, this year? Um, the draft can't come soon enough. The, 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 there's 10 of these left. And the and by the way, John, I don't even think I want to do four stock up and four stock down for the Texans. I don't think they deserve it. We're going to do four stock up and four stock down for the Astros in a minute. You, would you rather do that? That sounds like more fun, does it not? Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. Although special teams did well again. Okay. Forced a turnover. They had set up a field goal that they blew. Yeah. Steven Nelson had an interception. Yeah. Cam Johnston was good. Kaimi Fairbairn had a 43-yard field goal. But that's the only thing they got going for them right now. And is consistent special teams under Frank Ross. And John Weeks? John Weeks? John Weeks, who – Played in his 200th game, a free Boom. agent in 2010. Yep. It puts him 19th all time, the greatest snapper in NFL history. Amen. Okay, so here's what I was going to say, John. There's 10 of these left. These are we, – we've watched – we've just watched a f- the first seven games of the season where the Texans gave up 161 to Jonathan Taylor, gave up all kinds of yards to the Broncos in week two, gave up 280 yards to Justin Fields and the Bears. Let me stop right there. They gave up 280 yards rushing to a team that had Justin Fields at quarterback, and they gave up over 300 yards rushing to a team that had Malik Willis at quarterback. Like, that's the thing. They're giving up – they gave up those two rushing totals to teams that cannot throw the football. Like, literally, Malik Willis and Justin Fields might have been the two worst throwers of the football that started in football games this weekend, and the Texans have given up nearly 300 yards in the case of today, over 300 yards rushing in those games. Um, but we know Austin Eckler had a big game against them. And, and last week, Josh Jacobs ran over them. And today with Derrick Henry, they play the Eagles on Thursday, fifth in the league in rushing DVOA. They play the Giants the following week, sixth in the league in rushing DVOA with Saquon Barkley. Then they play Washington, who stinks, who will probably rush for 250 yards. Then they play Miami, who's average. Then after that, John, Cleveland with Nick Chubb. Dallas with Elliott slash Pollard, Kansas City doing Kansas City things. They'll find a way to rush for they'll they'll you know, we know what they're going to do. And then they play three division games again, where it's going to be Derrick Henry, Travis Etienne, and probably a healthy Jonathan Taylor at that point in Week 18. This is going to wind up potentially John being the worst rushing defense in the history of the National Football League. It's so bad. It's definitely the worst I've ever seen here, and they better not beat the Jaguars who continue to lose and could get the first pick three years in a row. Yep. That yeah, they might. against the law. They might. They, they <laughs> should be against the law to be that bad. Oh, all right. So, I, John, I, like, I don't even want right, to. Let's get all the Astros. Let's get, uh, let's get on to the Astros because you and I, it's a weird week this week because we've got a Thursday game. So, there, there's going to be plenty of Texans talk between now and, um, and the Thursday game with the Eagles coming to town. By the way, John, have you seen the spread on the Eagles game before we get to the Astros? 13 and a half. 13, yeah, okay, you saw 13 and a half. It's up to th- – I, I saw 13. It opened at 13. 13 and a half point spread at home, at a home game that will not sound like a home game because, perfect segue coming up, there's going to be a lot of Philly people in town. There would have been anyways. This was a popular game anyways, this Eagles game. But now with the potential of there being a game six and or a game seven of the World Series here, I, Philly people got to be licking their chops about getting down to Houston and, and uh, potentially not only winning an NFL game, but winning a World Series as well. So the Astros are tied at one. Hang on one second, yeah. Sean. I just thought of something. Yeah. It's supposed to rain in Philadelphia. 
So if it does and they postpone a game, they're going to have to play on Thursday. Oh, what man. would the fans rather watch, the World Series or the Eagles pummeling the Texans? I'm guessing the World Series. I'm here in Houston, the World Series. I, you know, of course, the World Series is going to win here, even with the Texans. It would have been one of those things a couple of years ago when the Texans had Deshaun Watson, where it would have been an interesting conversation. You know, um, I still think the World Series would win with the Astros being in it. Um, but uh, boy, I didn't even think about that, John. It's supposed to rain in Philly this week. Yeah, I've had two reports. One is going to rain tomorrow, and then oh. it's supposed to rain the next day. Oh, and I saw another one. Brian Smith, the Chronicle, told me it's not supposed to rain tomorrow. It's supposed to rain the next day. They have they have rain in their forecast. Oh. And, and Thompson said today, Rob Thompson, if it's drizzling, they'll play. All right. Well, stock down. I'm going to start stock. Just a, a random drive-by stock down. Stock down on the weather. In Philadelphia. Oh, that sucks. All right. So let's do, John, I, I think that the Astros deserve a four stock up, four stock down more than the Texans do. So let's you and I do that. We go back and forth with four good things and four things that need improvement. Um, and the Astros won one following uh, following the two games at Minute Maid Park this weekend. And I think if you can divorce yourself of how game one went down, like one one is about probably what a lot of odds makers would have expected with the starting, given the starting pitchers for each team. The fact of the matter is the only one that pitched well out of all the starting pitchers was Fromber last night. So let's start that. Let's start in, John. Stock up, stock down. I'll let you start. Four stock up, four stock down. What's your first stock up for the Astros World Series? Jose, 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 Jose. <laughs> Jose, Jose. Jose. He snapped out of his slump. He is the leading hitter in the World Series as we speak. And it's great after all the abuse he took after, you know, it just killed him to be that bad and he's bounced out of it. So Jose Altuve. Yeah. Jose Altuve. He's, he's a good one. And, and John, I love the way they jumped on Wheeler yesterday. You know, the three doubles in the first four pitches, uh, first four pitches, not, not even three doubles, first four batters, like four, four pitches into the game. The Astros are up two nothing with three doubles in that game. Yeah. I'm with you. I, I love the way that, uh, Jose and uh, and Pena and Jordan all pounced on him. Okay, that's a good one. My first stock up is Framber Valdez, who two games into the series is the MVP of the series for the Astros with that six and one third inning performance um, in uh, in game two. Uh, we're recording this on Sunday night, so yesterday, I guess, as we're recording this. Um, Framber Valdez was awesome. Uh, he was everything that we were hoping Justin Verlander would be in game one. He was everything that we knew he could be in game two, and I think – the, the, the instance in the game where Fromber really kind of like if there's a signature moment in the game, I think it was the fourth or fifth inning, I forget which, that Fromber put the first two guys on base. It was the top of the order that was up. He put Schwarber and um, Schwarber and uh, Hoskins on base. And then um, and then it was the uh, oh, it was the sixth. It was the top of the sixth because Bregman had just hit the home run to go up five, nothing. Uh, he puts the first two on and he strikes out rail Muto and then gets Bryce Harper to ground into a double play. That was nails right there. And John, especially on the heels of how Framber pitched in the world series last year, where he just had two, to use your word, pathetic outings last year to see him so far two games in be the Astros hearing hero in this world series is really, really cool to see. I thought that Thompson, the Phillies manager deserved a lot of credit because the media was trying to get him to say 
that Fromber had something in his hand where he was doctoring the ball. And Thompson said, yeah, I saw that on social media. He said, but every time he comes off, you know, they look at him. So we're not worried about it. He said, maybe he's sweating. If you ever noticed, Fromber Valdez sweats more than any pitcher on this roster. He sweats more than any pitcher I've ever seen since J.R. Richard, who would have to put on two or three jerseys a game because he sweats so much. And Fromber does that. And there was these other idiots that showed out Tuve during warmups or taking between batters, kind of tossing his glove around, saying he was signaling. Yeah. So I'm thinking if they think that they're cheating, that's good. Hopefully the players will think that and it'll get in their heads. Something that kills me, I'm so tired of people mispronouncing Fromber. All the Fox guys call him Framber, and it's Fromber. And Dusty calls him Framber. I want to see Dusty. He's your pitcher. You've been here three years. Pronounce his name right. I blame that on the Astros. They should be telling those announcers how to pronounce his name. Uh, John, I think I may have pronounced it Framber. I, I flip back and forth. I pronounce it Framber well, and Framber. I know, I know. I just I flip back and forth. Even within like paragraphs, I flip flip back and forth. All right, what's your other stock up for the Astros this weekend? Um, the bullpen again, Ryan Presley, who has the greatest introduction of any pitcher I've ever seen the Astros have. Yes, he does. In. And uh, the Johnny Cash song and the lights and the way the fans all turn on their cell lights and hold it up like you used to, cigarette lighters at concerts. And that is very, very cool. We were sitting above the bullpen in the Budweiser area at a table last night looking down on the bullpen and seeing it from there, from there with all the fans from foul pole to foul pole with their cells in the air was very very cool. So Presley, uh, having him as a as the closer and closing out that game, uh, he's my second one. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, I'm going to go my last one. I'm going to go Kyle Tucker in game one. And the, the, to me, the biggest tragedy, sports tragedy of game one is the Astros blowing that lead. I'm sure that's going to get mentioned once or twice here in the stock down. Um, but Kyle Tucker, as you know, John had said some things in his media session the day before the world series started that I think were just innocent comments that once he said them probably might've wanted to walk him back. Like the way it was just the way he said it about how, well, hopefully we can get this over with in four games, you know, but they're a good team. So it may go a little longer than that. It, it sounded cocky. It reads cocky, all those things. I don't think it was meant to be cocky. I think it's just Kyle Tucker being a bit of an airhead. Um, but but he caught a lot of heat for that. But he hits a home run in his first two World Series at-bats to give the Astros a 5 nothing lead. Unfortunately, they blow that lead, and it wastes what would have been one of the all-time FU performances by a Houston Astro, Kyle Tucker. Still, that's enough for me to give him a big stock up for his two home runs in game one. We uh, can't do this without mentioning Bregman. Bregman's been yeah. unbelievable. Yep. Their most, their most consistent hitter. Yeah. Getting that two run homer to give them some, uh, some insurance, even though I never thought I, people are saying all oh, five run lead is not secured. I'm saying, Hey, Verlander's not out there. They don't have one of the worst pitchers in world series history. Who's on the mound right now? Fromber's not going to have a meltdown like that, but Bregman's so much fun to watch, and he deserves a lot of kudos. Okay, John, don't tell me that you weren't nervous during Montero's inning in two thirds last night. 
that was a circus when Montero was in there. When he threw, he threw, I think, 30 pitches, which is a lot more than he's used to throwing. Yeah. Anytime pitchers are throwing more pitches than they're used to, yes, I get nervous. Yeah, and we'll get to – you know what? I'm, I'm going to save that because I may use that as a stock down. All right, so those are four stock up. Um, it would have been impossible for any of these other series to really do stock down for the Astros because they were 7-0 going into it, but they finally lost the game. Uh, John, what's your first stock down for the Astros? Where do they need, where do they need to show some improvement? Justin Verlander. I, yeah. I sent out a thing on Twitter. You know, are there other examples of great pitchers who were so bad in the World Series and people started firing off Clayton Kershaw? Mm -hmm. But it's amazing. You know, it's almost like when that line drivers hit back to him after he had three, the three great innings, and he didn't get the double play. It's almost like he's thinking, okay, here I go again. Yeah. Because he was awful after that. And if he's got a pitch – a game to win the series? Could people actually have confidence in him? I don't know, man. I it's I, he's zero and six with an ERA over six in Ooh. his in his World Series in his career in the World Series. Zero and six with an ERA over six. Like th think about that. Like think about if I don't know how many World Series games he's pitched in. Probably eight or nine. You know, and he's only got decisions in six. So can you imagine if Justin Berlander started out a season zero and six with a six ERA? You know what I mean? Like that's if we treat the World Series, the body of work that is his World Series work as a baseball season, you know, like if he has nine starts, that's about a quarter of a season. Can you imagine if he got into like mid-May and Justin Berlander was 0-6 with a 6 ERA? That's what he is in the World Series right now. It's crazy. It's amazing. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, my my stock down, and it's only a slight stock down because he's had a good postseason, but Dusty's done some things Ooh, here. That's mine. Go ahead. Do you want to save it? Well, I just wanted to say I think he made some terrible decisions I, in that first game, one after another. Go yeah, ahead. I, I didn't. I didn't have a huge problem with him leaving Verlander. It sounds like you might have had a problem with I him did, leaving yes. Verlander. In um, my my bigger problems with Dusty's decisions. One, I wish he would do something with this seven hole right now. Like oh continually trotting Diaz and Mancini out there. Ooh is like having a pitcher hitting seventh right now in their lineup. Like, give, give Hensley a start at DH. I'd take yes. him on. Anybody. Like, it, the, the, these two, Diaz and Mancini, are awful right now. And I don't know if he thinks they're due um, or whatever the case may be. I mean, Dust, if you're a veteran, Dusty is going to – he's going to give you the benefit of the doubt. And so I, I, I just think that – I think that – I thought – there, it was funny, John. Some people had an issue with him leaving Fromber in last night into the seventh inning. I thought he should have pitched Fromber to 120 pitches because Fromber's going to get an extra day of rest on the back end because of these two rest days coming up. Um, but hopefully, hope yeah, hopefully yeah, if it goes to six, hopefully it goes five in the Astros. No, I'm walkout. talking about the rain in Philadelphia. Well, that'll that that won't affect Fromber's rest at all. Like that that won't affect the number of days until Game Six. You know, it'll yeah, just you're be right. you're you know right. sure. th that'll just affect what day they play on. But Fromber pitching in Game Six is going to happen. If it happens, it's going to be on Friday, whether there's a rain day or not in between. So I thought he I had no problem with him bringing him back out for the seventh. I didn't have a problem with him taking him out when he did. But there were people like, why did you bring him? Why did you even bring him back in for the seventh inning? Because he's getting guys out, he's yeah, your best I have no pitcher. No problem with it. No. The Montero thing, though, John, with Dusty was reckless. Like what he did with Montero last night. When you've got multiple arms down there, he had Naris warmed up down there, John. The five outs. Naris threw a whole game in the bullpen. Yeah, John. The John. Here are the five outs. This is I, I can. It's off the top of my head because I, I. It almost it almost drove me to an early grave. 
Montero got five outs last night. His first out was a sack fly that allowed that run to score that was hit to the part of the ballpark to Diaz, where if it's five feet to the left, it's in the Crawford boxes, but it's five feet the other way. So he's in that little nook back there, you know, where the wall kind of juts backwards. So that was the first out. The second out, which was the last out of the seventh inning, was a line drive that Maton smoked right at Bregman. Then in the then in the in the eighth inning, the first out was the Schwarber home run foul ball called back and then uh, fly ball to the to the edge of the wall. The whole Schwarber sequence. Then he strikes out Hoskins, and then the third out was. Um, was Real Muto hits that hits that pop up where four Astros almost ran into each other, like those five. And that last one's not Montero's fault. He did his job. He got a pop up in the outfield. But just John, the the harrowing nature of those five outs. Like I don't need to live through that ever again. And I blame it partially on Dusty for leaving Montero in for as long as he did. Boy, that was a great play by Pena, who had made a boneheaded play at second base, but. Yeah. For him to go out there with his back to the plate, make that catch with guys running right at him. Yeah. That was tremendous. I'll tell you another thing Dusty did that I questioned. You don't go to your starters in a bullpen until you've uh used up your relievers, especially yeah. guys that are pitching well like Oh, with Garcia in game one, yeah. yeah. And when Garcia was in Seattle, he came in when the relievers had been used and he pitched great. Yeah. But I don't know why. He brought in Garcia over Stanek when Stanek has been incredible. And he said he looked at the sheets. What does that mean? Analytics? But uh, that – that uh, I was really surprised when he did that. Yeah, that when he said he looked at the sheets, that means he doesn't feel like answering the question, John. That's what that means. Right, you of know, course. You know. Um, so what's your second stock down since I stole your Dusty? That's okay. The uh, – um, we mentioned the other poor old Trey Mancini. I feel bad for the guy. Yeah. It's so painful to watch him hit and strike out. At one point, I think before his last at bat, he was 13 of 100. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that average is, but he was 13 of 100. And 130. He flails away. And Dusty, thank goodness, put Diaz out there. At least Diaz has done something. What bothered me on Diaz is he had a 2 and 0 count. And he swamped. He should have taken another pitch. And I admire him for leaning into the pitch, and I thought that he really did. But uh, I just – I, we cannot see Trey Mancini again. Uh, no, no. And that's – you know, that and that sucks because that's a spot on the roster. You know what I mean? Like, you're going to have these games where you're – you know, they had a game like that in Seattle, John, where they had to empty the bench. You know, they had to – they had to use everybody, and it's it it sucks. You got a guy who right now cannot cannot get a hit to save his life in Mancini. Um, and you're right, I feel bad for him. Cancer survivor, Johnny's a Golden Domer. He's a Notre Dame guy. Can you imagine what the fans in New York and Philadelphia and Boston would be go- doing to him? Oh my god! If he had a 13 for 100 streak, they would be destroying him. They would be absolutely destroying him. Um, John, my last stock down since I have a hard time finding anything more to really complain about with the, well, I got a good one unless you got one, you don't. Okay. Uh, well, mine is with, the broad, mine's with the broadcast. My stock down is Alex Rodriguez who will not stop making comparisons to Rocky Balboa or comparing. He compared the hitting coach to the, for the Phillies 
to Michael Jordan, the hitting coach. Alex Rodriguez said that the hitting coach is the most valuable person in this series. The hitting coach for the Philadelphia, and the guy may be a great hitting coach. He said that these announcers that try to sound super smart and overthink things. And then the other thing that um, that Alex Rodriguez said was that they showed a feature on Dusty Baker. And afterwards, Alex Rodriguez said, you know, Dusty is a guy who, you know, he just seems like a guy who you want to go get a beer with. And I found, I found that funny because I don't know that Alex Rodriguez has ever sat down and had a beer with anybody. Like, I, like it's really funny that Alex Rodriguez is determining who you do and don't want to have a beer with when I don't think there's a person walking the earth that wants to sit down and have a beer with Alex Rodriguez. So my stock down is Alex Rodriguez who can go screw himself. And Dusty will smoke pot with Jimi Hendrix, but I don't see him drinking a beer with with uh, Alex Rodriguez. What's your What's your other one, John? The right field umpire. Why do you have outfield umpires in the World Series to yeah. blow calls? Yeah. No, oh, I'm yeah. Schwarber's home run. Schwarber's just standing there, and he's like, okay, they didn't call it foul. It's Schwarber foul, knew. I'm going to go around the bases. Yeah. I have never, and I've been watching baseball since 1960, see a guy take a run around the plate, and he went really slow, and then have to do it again. And then he came so close. I wonder how many guys in history have taken two trips around the bases and one at bat, but thank God Tucker made that catch Ugh. against the wall. John, you know, the home plate umpire, I don't know who he was last night. Um, Seth was showing me a website like umpiregrades.com or something like that. And I was watching the home plate umpire last night. I'm like, you know what? This guy's really good. Like he has a really consistent strike zone. Seems really accurate. And sure enough, there's it's a website that grades how good the home plate umpires are, you know, compared to the, the box on the screen there. Yeah. And I thought that guy called a really good game and i wish that major league baseball wouldn't do this thing where they they you know i can see doing it during the regular season like so you can get a, a you know a data bank on which guys are accurate and which guys aren't and it doesn't mean as much in the regular season a guy like that that was calling the balls and strikes last night should be calling the balls and strikes for every single game if he's that good he was really good i don't know who the guy was what his name was but that home plate umpire in game two i had no issues with him at all and i usually have a lot of issues with the way these guys call balls and strikes well, getting back out there, I don't think they've ever done that where they let one guy do it two games in a row. But I was glad they got together, puts their heads together. And yeah. Went to New York for the replay. And to me, when I saw the replay, it was clear that it was foul. And then all the fans down there were saying it was foul, waving their hands. Yeah. And boy, can you imagine how cocky Schwarber would have been if he had hit that home run in the scene mm. at bat? My goodness. Mm. So how do you think Max feeling right now about the World Series? Hell, a lot better than he was after the first game. <laughs> Did you talk to him after the first oh, game? Yeah, yeah. And uh, he's always he never changes. You know, it's yeah. it's amazing. He we spent some time where we were sitting last night. Fans were all chanting mattress Mac, mattress Mac. People are coming up wanting their pictures made. You know, he never has security. What he does yeah. has is somebody taking uh doing videos of everything and putting it on social media and uh and the fans just love him and you couldn't tell if he had if he had if they wrote two he wouldn't be any different than he is two oh because yeah. he knows so many things can happen but I don't know anybody other than Phil well anybody that hates the Astros doesn't want him to win his 75 million. Right. Did you see that MLB.com poll that I heard this on MLB radio uh during the Yankee series that 40 
fans in 44 states want the Phillies. Yeah. To win. I'm sorry. Before the series, 44 states want the Phillies to win, and only ones that want uh, the Astros to win, other than Texas, are the states right around us in Colorado. Yep, Colorado, New Mexico, Oklahoma, Louisiana, Louisiana. and one other. I can't remember I guess who. Arkansas. Maybe Arkansas. Yeah, I forget. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I, John, I did no, see that. No, it's Mississippi. Mississippi, that's right. Yeah, no, there's a Twitter graphic that showed the United States. I like those. I kind of like those graphics. They show the United States and, like, by state. You know, it's, it could be anything, you know, it could there was one that like who who thinks the most recent one I saw was they went by state, like which states think that Barry Bonds is the real home run champ and which states think Aaron Judge is the real home run champ. And that one was much more split by state. It was like 27 to 23. I forget who was leading. But what I like to do then on the ones that are closer is I have a spreadsheet. And I like to calculate the electoral votes. If it were like an actual presidential election, <laughs> who would win? Um, I like doing that. That's that's fun to me. I don't the, the number of states is cool, but I like to know how many electoral votes each one would get. Well, hopefully the Astros just stake it up everybody. But I did a serious show about the Astros before Saturday. Rick mm -hmm. Kamla used to work for us. Oh yeah, was doing it, and he was asking me a bunch of things. And finally, he was talking about that how so much of the country hates the Astros. He said, "Well, what do you think about the way the country feels about the Astros?" I said, "Rick, I don't give a rat's ass what people think about the right. Astros. Yeah, and I cares. don't. Yep, don't. You know, when people may hate them, but they're going to respect them. That's it. That's it. You put it well, John. For somebody who's been doing all this award-winning writing for 40, 50, 60 years, however long you've been writing for, um, stick it up their butt. I like not, it, John. Not 60. <laughs> I mean, like going back to elementary school when you were writing in uh, Miss Crab Crabapple's class back in the day. <laughs> Someday I'll tell you a great story about me and the so I'll tell you right now. Okay. Sixth, sixth grade, yeah. <laughs> this kid and I got in a fight on the playground. He went to the teacher and he said, John McClain hit me in the blubber. And uh, so she made me stay after class, after school, and write a 10-page report. And at the time, in the sixth grade, my, my mother used to go to the library a lot. And so I would go and I like reading science fiction, even science fiction. I couldn't understand like Ray Bradbury. Mm -hmm. And so I read a book about this guy. I'd never forget it. Kroll, C-R-O-E-L, jumping through time. So I wrote that 10 page paper about Kroll jumping through time and what he did. And I was in sixth grade. So uh, a few days later, my parents said, teacher called him up there to come to school. And I'm like, uh-oh. I'm in trouble. So we go up there at night. I'm sitting outside her, her room and my parents go in and they come out and they're kind of like, huh, really? And so I don't say anything. We go home. I said, did, did she tell you what I did and got in trouble? They said, yes. I said, am I going to get grounded? They said, no. I said, well, what, what's the matter? Said She said, she believes you have a talent for writing and we ought to do something to help you pursue it. And so I thought that was weird in sixth grade. So I said, huh. And then never thought about it again until I got to college. That's funny. So that was the first inkling that you had given that you could become a Hall of Fame writer. <laughs> in sixth yeah, grade, I writing go, about, writing I'm sure Kroll. she's been dead for 30 years, but I should go look her up or, or the, find the guy that told on me. Or Yes. I had to write the report. Can you imagine if you weren't a playground thug, John, <laughs> you never would have become a writer. <laughs> That's great. 
Yeah, at least go put some flowers by her grave or something like that, you know? <laughs> I can't even remember her name. That's funny. That is funny. See, 60 years, John. How old were you at the time? It was in sixth grade. You were like 11, right? I would have been, let's say, anything. I would have been 10 or 11, yes. Yeah, see? See? That's... And it's weird. Ten, 10 years later, I was working for Dave Campbell at the Waco Tribune. That's it. Texas football magazine. Just how they drew it up on the chalkboard when you're beating <laughs> the snot out of some kid on the playground. <laughs> I wasn't until I hit him in the blubber. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Was blubber a colloquialism back then for nuts or something? I'd or? never heard it at all. And I, and Is I that where you my- hit him? I was like, yeah, I was on the ground. He knocked me on the ground. He's standing there with his legs spread. So I just went whop and got went for two blubber. and I got him. In the blubber. Oh, that is <laughs> tremendous. All right. So um, it is late and we are punchy right now here on the Utopia <laughs> Baseball Podcast. It's been you, fun. Thank you, you. We should do it when we're tired more often. I know. I know. that We're going to start recording these at midnight. The Utopia Blubber Podcast. <laughs> That's what we're going to call it. All right. Uh, John, what do you got going on? You got your, your report card going up and all that. I have stuff. my report card with F minuses at every position, but two special teams, of course. And the other one was secondary. I couldn't give an F or F minus because they went against Malik Willis. So I gave him, I think, a C. Okay. And uh, and then I have a column on gallerysports.com about how bad Davis Mills and Pat Hamilton were. And then in the morning, I'm writing an Astros column. that will be on Gallery Sports by noon. Man never stops. I'm going to write Astros columns every day this week as long as they're playing because I'm having so much fun, Sean. I know. And then when they're done, I'm going to write a couple afterward, looking at, looking back at the season, looking ahead to the offseason and next year. And then I'll worry about the Texans and get excited for the draft. John, if the Texans, if the Texans, if you get to a point where you reach your wits end with the Texans, like by week 15 or 16, just spend the rest of the season doing season, doing columns about crawl. That's it. (laughs) <laughs> you need to I, i'm gonna work in a few rockets columns too oh good okay yeah they're fun uh awesome all right well we uh we're done we're gonna go uh, hit the hay as they say and you'll be listening to this on monday morning following a 17 to 10 texans loss to the titans and hopefully uh on the uh, precipice of a game three win for lance mccullers uh in the world series on um monday night in philadelphia weather permitting i guess from what john is saying so um so with that we thank figgy fig for getting the podcast out to all of you we also remind you that we will be doing a mailbag episode this week even though it's a short week with the uh, eagles game coming up on thursday night we will do a mailbag hou mailbag at gmail.com we take astros questions in there we take Texans questions. I'm sure a ton of questions with the NFL trade deadline. If anything happens with Brandon Cooks, John, maybe you and I get together on Zoom and crank out an emergency edition, short one of the podcast, but we'll keep an eye on that. I guess as long as we mention that, if you had to handicap it real quick, I don't want to turn this into a big topic, but based on where all the smoke signals coming out of NRG this weekend, yes or no, do you think Brandon Cooks is traded this week? No, I'm going to say no. But based on what you said about the contract, the cap hit, even though it could be split, yeah. Nico Collins could be out a while. Who's going to play receiver? They're going to yeah. play four tight ends all the time. So I'm going to say no at 3 o'clock, 3.01 on Tuesday. I think he'll still be here. I do too. I agree with you. I Not not for lack of trying, maybe, even with Brandon and with the Texans, but I think I think he remains a Houston Texan. All right, we are, uh, we are done. That's John McClain, the Hall of Famer. I am Sean Pendergast. We are out of time. We appreciate you listening. 
And uh, we'll be talking to you guys this week as week nine is upon us here in the NFL and the World Series upon us as well. You've been listening to the Utopia Podcast. Have a great day, everybody.